Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. There have been times this week where the energy hasn't been up to par to lead off the show. I don't know if that was true for War Cry Wednesday. Don't know if we have a theme for Thursday, but I'm feeling the energy. It's kind of a Friday for me because I'm going to be out tomorrow. Wes, Fitty, they're going to hold it down as I take a trip to Chicago. Wes is going to bring on... Our truth Can we go ahead and promote that for the people? Yeah, we can, man. It's SummerSlam week. You already know what it is. Second biggest pay-per-view premium wrestling event for WWE. So I got to bring my man on. I'm excited for you. I'm going to be listening to that and wishing that I was here for that. I know. I know. I I, I hate it. I want to, like, Chicago is going to be a lot of fun. I've got, yes, another wedding to go to because that's what I've been having to do the last couple of years. Just go to wedding after wedding. But... (laughs) Even with me not being a part of the wrestling world. Yes, even me, who doesn't necessarily think wrestling is a sport, I would love to talk with R-Truth because it's one of my favorite experiences that we've had on this show so far. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's going to be lit. SummerSlam, the card, top to bottom. It's fire. Pro wrestling is on fire right now. Can you give Truth my best, man? I definitely will. Can you tell him I'm going to miss him, that I I miss him tomorrow? Where's my man, Walker? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Truth (laughs) is great. Truth is so good. It's going to be fun. Plus, even if the wrestling is not something I'm tuning in for. He's got uh, some new music to promote, too. He said he wanted to work with the hottest artist in Brazil. Can you name a few of them? I cannot. But that's what he put out there. So if you got any Brazil hip-hop artist suggestions... Go at our truth on Twitter or on social media and let them know what's up. It's Wesson Walker yeah. Sports Radio. I like I see what you did there. WFNZ Sports Radio 92.7 FM. I want to go to a lot of the Carolina Panther conversation that we have today after Fan Fest. We're going to be talking about Bryce Young, but also at one o'clock, just a heads up. New ownership holding a press conference today. Gay Plotkin, Rick Schnall. Your new majority owners officially after the NBA Board of Governors approved of the sale. The only one that didn't approve was Fitty's boy, James Dolan. But too bad one guy was not enough to stop the official sale. It happened, and that is official as of today. Michael Jordan, no longer the majority owner of the Charlotte Hornets. The presser airs at 1 o'clock. We will be airing that right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ just to give you a heads up. I do want to talk about Fan Fest, though. Let's get off the bus discussing just that. Go ahead, Fiddy. Open up the doors. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. the turnout for fan fest was better than it had been in three years time Wes looked mm-hmm. like there were a lot of people out there to take in the sights of Bryce Young hopefully your new franchise quarterback and QB for a long time um, taking in a lot of the good throws that he had had one interception but overall looked pretty sharp here's Frank Reich talking about what he thought of his quarterback's performance in Bank of America two minute drill I thought he was great um you know, we moved the ball. We moved the ball right down the field. Good, you know, good decision making. Um, you know, the whole way down the field. Um, and then the, the last play, I actually, I something I did to him put him in a bad spot. So, which, 
Um, but it was good. It was good. Good for me, right? It was. I told him. I said that was that was my fault. That's why I told him to do something I shouldn't have told him to do. So uh, he did a great job though the whole practice. Did you expand on Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I will on a Sunday during the season. No, you know you get in those situations at the end, and you know you got 15 seconds left. So what do you want to do? You want to take a shot into the end zone? Well, that's what the defense is going to do. You know. So sometimes it's just good to take your medicine, kick the field goal with 15 seconds to go. And then, but then you got to kick off. But in this situation, sometimes what you find is, um, man, I feel like we're in midseason form right now. This is good stuff. And, you know, um, sometimes you want to see, is the defense going to screw it up? I wanted to see what our defense was going to do. So I said, hey, let's just go out there. Let's just run four verts, see if the defense plays the wrong coverage, and then just, and we'll throw it away. And, uh, and then they got a pretty good rush, and I put them in a hard position. So we all learn from it. Wes, it does seem like he was very good, except for that interception that Frank Reich took the blame for. I'm just so happy to hear what seems like a competent organization. The quarterback throws an interception. He's a young guy. Frank Reich takes the blame rather than saying Bryce can't do that, but good that it's in training camp instead of going to the regular season with those mistakes. Frank Reich said he did something I told him, and it wasn't the right decision, but that decision was my decision. I just love the way that he's taking up for Bryce Young in the public eye, a little bit more of the public eye at FanFest when you have so much of the fan base going into Bank of America Stadium. I've been thinking about the interceptions a little bit more here because Bryce Young threw another one yesterday as we mentioned. It got tapped and then Camus Gruger Hill. A third interception in six practices. Wes for a linebacker. Pretty incredible camp that Camus Gruger Hill is having right now. Is it weird that I almost like the interceptions? <laughs> Here's why. It might be. Because I think that the consecutive streak of interceptions that Bryce Young has right now, it shows me that he's not playing scared. And it also shows me that they're not dialing back the offense so much that Bryce Young isn't getting any better. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like if Bryce Young didn't have any interceptions, but he also wasn't challenging downfield and all you were doing was throwing 10 yards or closer to the line of scrimmage and you're holding on to the football because you know there's not going to be an official sack and sometimes we know that the coaching staff and sometimes we know that they're going to ease up a little bit on guys that get close to the QB. It might have been in sack in real life, but it's not and mm -hmm. then they take advantage of it. I like the fact that you have one interception or a few of these because it seems like you're being more aggressive. You are exercising to a point where you're getting better and I like this a lot more. The downfield throws to DJ Chark, a downfield throw to LaVisca Chenault, who continues to shine every other day at least. It, it, it's been pretty impressive what he's done, but they're not holding back. It's not like you're throwing a bunch of screens, only crossers that are so close to the line of scrimmage and you're playing scared. They're not practicing scared, which makes me believe they're not going to play scared. And so even if you are making these mistakes, at least you're going for it. And he looks good, too. Yes, he's got an interception in five straight days, but let's not let that distract us from all of the production that he's provided as well. I actually like overall everything that we're getting from Bryce Young, including the interceptions, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, because, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that he's going to be able to go through training camp and not ever throw interceptions to any of the texters or listeners or Carolina Panthers fans? Do you think that he's just going to have a flawless training camp? It's a new level of football, so obviously the mistakes will come. Uh, Frank Reich talked about it. He said he 
told him to run four verts. Wanted to see what the defense was going to do. He threw it up and it got intercepted. So uh, that's definitely not one of those interceptions I'm going to look at and say, oh, Bryce Young's not getting it. I yeah. mean, if the guy's throwing multiple interceptions per practice and it's the same type of mistakes all the time and he's missing reads, then that would be cause to pause. But uh, other than that, like I said, for a kid like that, the defense is going to get him sometimes. Uh, the defense is always going to be ahead of the offense, especially at the beginning of camp. So he'll be just fine. There's nothing to see. You know what they say, man. Scared money don't make none. That's right. And they're not playing scared. Uh, four verts? Hey, I, I love that. Right? Like Frank Reich saying, hey, let's go four verts. Let's see what happens. Let's see what the defense is going with. And defense showed up. Great. You're also challenging downfield. I absolutely love to see it instead of just playing so, oh, God, oh, don't turn it over. Right. Don't throw an interception. Exactly. Oh, let's be flawless here. No, they're letting them air it out. They're letting them play football, man. And that's what you love to see from Frank Reich, Josh McCown, Thomas Brown. I want to dig in a little bit more with Thomas Brown a little bit later on in the show. We got a text, 704, writing in jump ball for TMJ, too. Good to see him make a play. Wes, that was someone that had a good offseason as far as OTAs and workouts. Quiet to start training camp. Few days in a row where we didn't hear a whole lot from him. Now, in the last couple of practices, we're starting to see him make plays. And this goes to show you, I think every wide receiver has had their day in the sun now. It was Terrace Marshall. Maybe Jonathan Mingo hasn't. I haven't heard a lot about the rookie. Yeah. But Terrace Marshall Jr. starting to make plays now. DJ Chark has every day. LaVisca Chenault seems to do the same thing. Adam Thielen seems to be a guy you can set your watch to and feel very good about out there. Has had a couple of catches every single day as well. Looks like the wide receiver overall has had, everyone has had their day in the sun. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's going to be like that through camp as these guys are going up against the defensive backs and so forth. Uh, Panthers fans, you just like the fact that you see guys uh, able to make plays. We've heard about them doing it in different ways as well, and I think that's kind of the cool part too because uh, TMJ, we know that he's a 50-50 ball, kind of deep ball type of guy. Uh, I saw, I think Joe Person tweeted out uh, about an obligatory DJ Chart deep ball. So yeah. we've been seeing a lot of that. And then we hear about Thielen and he's doing his thing working the short to intermediate game. So all of these guys are showing up every day, but in different ways. It's not just like, oh, look at this guy in a one-on-one -on -one drill. He beats him deep. Okay, that's great. But each of these guys are kind of playing to the niches that we thought that they would be when they signed. Them. Rather be golfing wrote in on the text line. Bradley Bozeman said that when Bryce Young steps in the huddle, everyone shuts up and listens. And then he made the joke. They have to be quiet so they can hear what Bryce is saying because of his soft spoken self. <laughs> that is not the point that Bradley Bozeman was making with that comment. And I'm not surprised at all. Even if he's soft spoken, we talked about it with Iki Kwanu. Wes, you asked the question, is there any clowning from the offensive line about how small Bryce Young might be or even how soft-spoken he is? We haven't heard anything from that. And even if they did, it would be all in good fun. I would imagine that's just the kind of good-natured ribbing that you might have from a professional or even college football team. Mm -hmm. But Iki told you they're not really clowning. They're going out there playing football, respecting the huddle, respecting the guy that has command of the huddle. And that was just another comment to illustrate as such. Well, I think it's just a play on just to how good he really is. And guys are really respecting this guy because I think that people see the NFL. You know, it's a game of large men, no doubt about it. But you have the outliers that come in and are great players as well. And I think a lot of guys are just kind of, I wouldn't necessarily say floored, but I think guys are just really just enamored with how just how good he is being as small as he is and what he's going to be up against. So uh, while I don't 100% 
buy icky theory about nothing's happening because I know offensive line rooms are uh, a little relentless when it comes to the ribbing and things of that nature, but uh, I think they look at him as the general, and that may be why the ribbing hasn't been there yet because he's established himself. We've heard all the stuff all offseason about how he's taking command of this team from an early stage, how everybody respects him, and I think, you know, even if they are ribbing him, it's not much. And it's the ultimate sign of respect. What's funny is you bring up the general, and I was thinking about Shaq, Wes, because I feel like you're Shaquille O'Neal right now. Yes, I feel like you're Shaquille O'Neal. And what <laughs> I mean by that is that you are calling the offensive linemen, you think that Icky is capping, because you think that they are clowning Bryce Young. Because you were someone that was wild in the locker room back in the days yeah. as an offensive lineman. As we talked about with some of those stories, you can't project any other thing to the other off. Like, it's like Shaq, who just thinks, why don't they just dominate in the paint? Yeah. Well, why don't they just score 35 points a game? You got to be aggressive. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Wes, you know, I was out here making fun of people in a good-natured way, I know that offensive line is. You can't see it any other they, way. They get little stuff in on them. They might come in and say, hey, Bryce, can you see over the thing? Do you need me to back up more? They'll, they'll do little stuff like that, man. But like I said, they respect him as the general of that football team and the fact that he's a baller. I have, an, I have a very important question. Okay. We talked about the good mood that we all were in. Maybe not Fiddy as much, but I feel like we got you. Yeah, he's a, a little mood. edgy today. But he's but like, he got into a good mood. We yeah. started talking about Master Splinter. We it's started hard talking to stay about in Yoda. a bad mood being around each other. That speaks to the chemistry we had. Do you feel that way, Fiddy? Or do you feel like it's pretty easy to be in a bad mood around us? Uh, I mean... Oh, yeah, hesitation go. already. <laughs> Just come in and stomp all over the good vibes. I regret asking you that question. My important question to the people. We got it. it we're all in a good mood coming into the show today. Because Wes cried over a food innovation. <laughs> Can you just tell the story before we ask the question, then we'll come back Listen, to break Listen, man, for decades I asked for this. I stopped to get gas up in Mooresville yesterday, and as I'm getting ready to walk out, I'm getting some snacks basically for here to be able to eat. I said, I'm not going to be able to get to Walmart. Let me get a few snacks. I look down, and I see something that I've been asking for since I was a young lad. How long? I mean, it's been decades, legit, man. Since (laughs) I was early teens, okay? Folks, what am I talking about, you ask? I'm talking about a what used to be called a big grab or a small bag, you can call it, of barbecue Fritos, okay? You know in the chip aisle where they have the, I guess, I don't even know if you call them mid-size bags, but... For years, Cheetos has only done chili cheese, the original. I believe you could get scoops and the twist. But I always asked for years, why don't you make the barbecue Fritos in this size? Because they are impossible to eat just a few of them. I used to get the big bags. I don't want the big bags because I'll eat them all within two days. But when I saw this... I, I, I about shared a 10 in the middle of the store. I said, man, I've been asking for this for so long. So, so God is good. Wes had his <laughs> chip prayers answered by having barbecue Fritos come in a to-go bag, and he's been asking this for this, and I quote, decades. Yes. What is the food innovation that you've been asking for for decades, or what is a food innovation that you believe to be superior to all other food innovations? I'm going to put a picture of it on the Wes and Walker Twitter. Okay. Yeah. This is what I want to know. I have a couple of examples to go through. I want to hear your answer. 704-570-9610. Best food innovations that have already happened or food innovations that you have been waiting on for 10 plus years. It's Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
listeners are Fritos fans, and they are happy about the innovation that Wes saw yesterday. Came across barbecue Fritos in a to-go bag. It is now a thing. At least in the interim, Wes, it looks like this thing could be going away, and you need to stock up. At yeah, least I might have to, to man. Buy message. me about 10 bags, uh, according to the texter. Uh, who said that? Uh, I'd have to find it, but yeah, man. Um, yeah, the 803 number said spot on Fritos barbecue chips. They stopped making them and only do limited releases during summer. I stock up on them when they come out, so it sounds like I might need to do the same. 980 number said, now we know who's keeping Fritos in business. Fritos is good. I think a lot of the variations of Fritos are very good. Well, the whole reason I started eating the chili cheese is because that was the ones I could get because they didn't do barbecue. So sometimes, and I don't eat them all the time, but when I stop at the convenience store sometimes, I was like, man, well, I can't get barbecue. I'll try the chili cheese, and I love those. I like scoops, too. What are those twist flavors? Is that the chili now cheese? Now, that I've never had. It's like a honey barbecue or something yes, like that. Yes, that's but exactly I like the what it scoops, is. too. Um, I never order the twist. I never get them. Yeah. But when somebody has them and then they offer me a couple, I can't stop eating them. I do think they're very good. Yeah. And at the beach, I had them. It just hits different. It's like potato chips or a sandwich when you get out of the pool. It <laughs> yeah. just hits different. For yeah. some reason, it changed the taste buds. Did I hear a grunt from you over there when I said that Fritos are good? You're saying that they're not very good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like an okay chip. Like, it, 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 it definitely trails Lay's, Pringles, Doritos, Cheetos. Pretzels, so everything. It's it's not even okay. You have it at you have it in the basement, locked up in and, a dungeon. I mean, I I think the chili cheese is okay. I don't like the way Fritos smell. Well, that is true. I mean, when you have corn what, chips, worse than your room. Yeah, corn <laughs> corn chips. <laughs> Are we getting personal on Thursday? <laughs> uh, for some reason, yes. When something smells bad, a lot of people do compare that bad smell to corn chips for some reason, and I don't they know do, why. Yeah, but, I don't get it either. Well, I smell it. No, I, I, for some reason, that's a weird thing because I like corn chips. But also, I can smell what those people are smelling when there's something bad. It's a weird thing. I don't know how to make sense of it. Uh, Hunter said, I really wanted a cheer wine beer, and Noda Brewing blessed us all with that. It was okay. Oh, you've never seen this. I have not. No, it was it was okay. I've heard of that, too. Tiny bit disappointed. I thought it was going to be better, but it's certainly worth the try. Fitty got excited, like I just said, sagebrush. Yes, it's a real thing. <laughs> you should go try it. I was a little disappointed, but they did give us a cheer wine flavored beer. Moose said Fruit Loops donuts from Hardee's. Now, is that a real thing? I've never I've heard. I've never of heard of Fruot Loops donuts at Hardee's. I mean, it. You know, Hardee's will do some wild stuff there. Yeah, but a, I've never even heard of them selling donuts. A part of the fast food game. I've always said Pizza Hut was the best innovator in pizza. Hardee's will do some wild stuff as well. Though. Well, they have to to draw attention to people to eat their food because it takes them 45 minutes to make it. That's so true. It's also <laughs> really expensive, but it slaps every time for me. I'm telling you, Hardee's is good, but I don't want to wait that long either. But it's so good. And the commercials, I'm sure everybody loved back in the day. 704 had a great idea. An easy way to make carnival quality funnel cakes at home. That's a great one. I, I think it's great. In fact, that's weird he said that because we had Ace in the fishbowl said out of nowhere. It was one of the most random comments of all time in fishbowl history. And there are some random comments. He said, man, I want some funnel cake just out of the blue. <laughs> we were all aggressive. We were all head down working on the rundown, trying to create the show. And he just out of the blue said, man, I want some funnel cake. Sometimes it happens. That happens every once in a while. Brian said the best food innovation sliced bread. Obviously, why do you think the phrase best thing since sliced bread exists? LMAO.
Yes, that's true. Brian has a good one there. I have a couple of other ones before we move on real quick. Innovations that have already happened. When nerds came out with the nerds rope when I was like 10 years old. I mean, you're telling me. <laughs> Sound like Ken Kniff off the Eminem albums. I, I can't. I'm sorry that I'm not very professional when Fiddy gives me that comment in the background, but it makes me lose it. I mean, he is so seduced by food sometimes. When nerds came out with a nerds rope and they consolidated the mess, they just decided, you know what? You don't have to tilt back the box. And I know that our few nerds are going to be lost in your car. And then when you're vacuuming later on, you're going to come across more candy. Let's just connect them to a gummy rope and have the cleanup be a non-issue. And then they came out with nerds clusters. And they made nerds ropes into bite-sized stuff. It's like Apple, right? Nerds is like Apple. They come out with a fantastic product. So then you just keep buying them and buying them and buying them. And then they come out with something so much better and innovative. They've got the game on lockdown. Nerds, the goat when it comes to innovation. To go cereal bars, that's another one. And also Gogurt. When Gogurt dropped onto the scene, I had one in every lunch I ever packed as soon as it existed. That sounds like a anime character. Gogurt? Yeah. <laughs> go, go, Gogurt. <laughs> um, Drew's take was flavor-blasted goldfish. He wanted something a little bit different than just the normal flavor. And then we had the whole, our Pringles chips conversation. That was a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to allow that to be a teaser for Wes's fire or fizzle. I'm not going to talk <laughs> about it now, but that was an actual conversation I did not know I was going to have today. Our Pringles chips. That was something we discussed. Let's move back to the Carolina Panthers conversation because here we are talking about the rookies, Wes, Bryce Young, quarterback, number one overall pick. He's playing like the best rookie on this team, not just because he's getting the most opportunity, but he's playing very well in training camp, mini camp, workouts, whatever camp or offseason activity you're talking about. Bryce Young has looked really impressive. I think he's clearly been the best rookie. Is it a concern that we haven't had a whole lot of fanfare for the other guys? Like a DJ Johnson. Like a Jonathan Mingo. Probably the most under-talked about wide receiver on a production basis. Chandler is not playing because he's injured. Jamie Robinson, he got beat by LaVisca Chenault yesterday, which it's a mistake. I'm not going to say that Jamie Robinson is playing poorly right now, but I haven't heard a lot from him. Is it a problem to you? That Bryce Young seems to be the only rookie we're hearing a lot about. Or is that just, hey, he's the quarterback. Everybody's going to be paying attention. I'm going to give it a little bit more time because it's so early in camp. But I would say for now, I would say, yeah. I think you would would like to hear about uh, a few more guys splashing. Uh, This is a small rookie class. You only have five selections. So I think you'd want to at least hear about two, maybe three of those guys being able to make plays, but uh, some of the injuries have been catching up to some of those guys that's been hampering them. Uh, But like I said, there's a long way to go uh, in camp, and so I think I'm going to reserve a little bit there because I do think a guy or two will flash, especially when we get into game situations. But as far as today in a vacuum, yeah, I think so. So let's talk a little bit more about Bryce as Bradley Bozeman did. Here he is talking about his quarterback that he's going to be working with this season. And just absolutely dominated this role that he's been in. Um, everything he's been asked to do, everything that's been uh, put on his plate, he has, has stepped up to the plate to it. So, um, just done a, he's done a great job managing it, staying confident. Whenever mistakes happen, just moving on to the next play. So, Bryce Young has been balling, no doubt about it. Has the interceptions, but it's okay, I told you. In the last segment, I actually kind of like that because it shows they're not playing or practicing scared. The other rookies haven't heard as much about. 
You say that you're going to give it a little more time, as you should. It's the logical take. I'm not going to worry. What? We're just a week in. They started practicing on Wednesday of last week after reporting over the weekend and on Tuesday, the day before practice started. So weekend, it's totally fine. I know you came across an interesting article talking about the age of these rookies. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes it's a deterrent for you to draft some of these first year guys. But DJ, uh, excuse me, DJ Johnson as a raw type of player, a little bit older. We don't we don't usually see that age of him being. What is it like? Twenty three, twenty four with that kind of raw title that you're coming in as a prospect. Chandler Zavala, a little bit of an older player, right? Jamie Robinson. Jamie Robinson is a, you know, an older type of rookie as well. Mm -hmm. What do you make of them drafting older rookies in this year's class? Well, the thing that's interesting, and I found it to be uh, intriguing because, like I said, we had the pandemic year and things of that nature, and they talked about how DJ Johnson was born in 1998, the same year as Brian Burns, Derek Brown, and Jeremy Chin, but all these guys have already put in three years of work in the league, and DJ Johnson is 25 And so Chandler Savala, who was also in school for six years, 24 years old, he was born before J.C. Horn, Terrace Marshall, Tommy Trimble, and Chuba Hubbard. And so uh, Panthers vice president of play engagement, Kevin Winston, though, said that he took notes on how older players manage their time late into their college careers uh, when he interviewed them at the Combine. And so he said a player who learned how to create his own routine and knows what he wants out of life in the NFL could be set up for success uh, once he gets there. So I think you do get a little bit more of a seasoned guy. You may not get the the full lifespan. We know about the lifespan of an NFL play. I think now it's two and a half years, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, the younger, the better. But like DJ Johnson said that he took the extra seasons uh, that he had in school and he said it made a big difference in his off-field demeanor. And he was saying how he's more chill. He doesn't go out really ever at all. And he said he spends a lot of time working on his craft and uh, hanging out with the people that he loves the most. So uh, I just found it interesting that those two rookies, and it's a thing, too, we're going to see across the NFL because even some of the guys that didn't get drafted, they're going to be some undrafted free agents that are going to make this league. And we're coming out of the pandemic class. I believe that this year is the last pandemic class in college football when you talk about Sam Hartman and those guys. So uh, I just found it to be interesting because I know that was a big knock on DJ Johnson when they drafted him. They're like, hey, you drafting this kid who's 25 years old, who already looks like a finished product, yeah. and how much better can he get once he gets to the league? Yeah, and, and my bad with Jamie Robinson. He's 22. It's it's not crazy old. It's it's about, you know, and maybe on the little older side. Yeah, but you, it's you see mainly guys, focused it, on Zavala and DJ. But the fact that those guys are the youngest and they're 22, mm-hmm. it goes to show you with Zavala and DJ Johnson being older than both of them. To me, Wes, it goes to a theme that I've talked about this entire offseason, trying to, you know, thread that needle. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're trying to figure out how to win right now and also build towards the future, it's a little different with DJ because we haven't seen him put it all together. And so that one's a little bit of an outlier. It doesn't make sense to us because usually when we talk about a raw prospect, we're talking about somebody very young that mm-hmm. maybe had one year's worth of production. Mitch Trubisky comes to mind when we had that conversation about him only starting one year, being a raw QB, but having a good year, even if it was just one in college and Chicago decided that was going to be their QB in that NFL draft with DJ older guy that did not put it together, but has all of the tools and tested very well athletically Chandler Zavala, six year guy, you bring him in. And even for the offensive line, Wes, when you want to keep a strength, the strength, when you have an injury to Austin Corbett, 
when you have familiarity with Iki Aquanu and Brady Christensen as, you know, I think he's a good offensive lineman. Love him as a swing guy. If you need to bring him in, play outside, inside, real versatile. Brady Christensen is someone I think is really valuable to a team, but maybe not always as a starter. And so if you look at Zavala, he can come in and be a strong run blocker right away, especially if you want to set the tone. He's not going to be pushed around, Mm -hmm. especially on that left side. And so I wonder if that was a part of their thinking too. Not that they would draft those guys instead of a player they think could be better long-term, not that they were sacrificing long-term success. I do wonder if that was just the icing on the cake for taking some of these players that they did in the third and fourth round because they feel like they can help right away. They've talked about DJ setting the edge. So they're not asking DJ to rush the quarterback and even finish with, what, five sacks this season? You know, five would be pretty damn good for a rookie situational pass rusher who's competing with a veteran like Marquise Haynes Odd man fronts like Derek Brown, what's going to happen when you don't have another guy opposite of Brian Burns? And he's the lone pure pass rusher on the field. Mm -hmm. Hey, DJ, just set the edge, man. Just make sure you can contain these mobile quarterbacks. Don't let them get outside. Can you simplify the game in the short term and then build a build upon those athletic traits in the long term with Savala? You tell me. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not saying that offensive linemen don't have a hard job because they certainly do. But the concept is easy enough. Don't let your man get by you, right? You might have some things that you have to, you know, on pole, whatever, right? But don't let your man get by you. Block that guy, right? You can simplify the game, but somebody's going to pick it up a lot better as someone who has been involved in the game for a lot longer than a 22-year-old. Now you got somebody that's been involved a couple more years. I wonder if that was a part of the process as they look to make a real run at this postseason with how bad the NFC South. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think you bring a good point to the table. And there are young guys who can definitely uh, get get to the league and and understand things quickly as well. But when you do have guys that are veterans, they are going to be uh, a little bit more mature. They are going to be a little bit more seasoned. And as you said, they've played six, seven, or in the case of the NC State wide receiver, eight seasons of college football. Yeah. So uh, they've been around some some great coaching, and they've gotten a lot of coaching, and they've, they've gotten extra years of coaching. So I think that certainly bodes well for some of them. We'll see uh, with these two. I'm also interested in the coaches, the age of the coaches, right? Because Frank Reich has been doing this for a long time, whether he is someone that has been involved in the game as a quarterback, whether he has been a play caller working with the Philadelphia Eagles. Everybody credited him so much with doing a lot to help them get to the Super Bowl. Any good year Carson Wentz has had, or even mediocre year Carson Wentz has had, it's been with Frank Reich. And now we've seen him as a head coach, work with a different quarterback every season with Indianapolis. Hopefully he gets stability, any, any type of stability with Bryce Young as his QB. So I really like Frank Reich, but a veteran in the league. Here comes in Thomas Brown. Having worked with Sean McVay, who was a bright offensive mind, Wes, we've had this conversation a couple times before, but it hadn't been brought up recently. What's the timeline you expect Thomas Brown to take over as a play caller? And does it ever happen before a team might like Thomas Brown themselves and say, hey, maybe he could be our head coach? We've seen it happen before. Yeah, and I think obviously it depends on how Carolina's offense fares. And I think the thing that he's going to get stuck in maybe is that Eric Bieniemy type of deal where uh, he's with the Frank Reich. And so whatever 
success the offense has, people are going to attribute it mostly to Frank Reich, but they've been talking about how uh, their friendship has been fast forming and how they've been getting closer. And he definitely sang the praises uh, of Thomas Brown the other day, but they said, you know, he stated that he's going to be in charge of calling plays coach Reich did, but that he's been eager to welcome in a different train of thought to his quote baby uh, and, and that being his offense. And so with Thomas Brown coming from a different system, they're going to have to meld uh, their approaches together and be collaborative in this thing. But to answer your question, uh, I think to me it would have to be this season, Frank Wright carry most of the weight and then let Brown take over next season. But I always think it's going to be a collaborative yeah. uh, effort to a to a degree, because I think when you're an offensive coach like Frank Wright, it's still going to be hard. If you see something that you don't think is necessarily working or you see something that you don't necessarily like, because you have to run your game plan by the head coach anyway, no matter what level you're on. So I think there may be some things that he might tweak or tell Thomas, hey, I don't like that, or let's try this, things of that nature. So I think at most, I think this season will be Thomas Brown's year where they'll kind of be uh, more collaborative than maybe they will be the rest of his tenure. And I think next season he'll get a little bit more of the reins. And then I think after that, you may see a team come and maybe scoop him up. Problem is, if it's working and it works well this year and they get to the postseason and the offense looks better than expected and it's Frank Reich calling the plays and Thomas Brown is helping out and calling some plays and putting together some packages throughout the week, but they win 10 games, whatever type of success they experience, then it would be hard to convince the team, hey, you know that success that we had last year? Yeah, we're going to switch a few things up. Like, wait, is doesn't this fall under the don't fix it if it ain't broke mold? And even with those guys working together, it doesn't seem like a drastic change that Thomas Brown would take over and have 51% control, whatever you might deem authority, sole authority over the play calling. But I think that would be kind of hard to navigate. And then if that's the case, Thomas Brown will look to move on to get a new head coaching job. And he'll get interest. If Carolina's successful, everybody eats. That's just how it works. It doesn't mean that he's going to get a job because we've seen that before. But it does mean that he is going to get interest. He is going to get interviews. And that'll be interesting to see how all of it plays out in the long term. Real quickly, let's go to the first Fitty Flash of the day. All right, going to take a look around the MLB scoreboard. Only one game right now, but there's a slew of afternoon games to follow. The Phillies lead the Marlins 2-0 in the top of the third. And good news, if you're, an, if, if you're a fan of the Braves, Max Freed is set to make his return on Friday. He's the best pitcher for the Braves, who, of course, have the best record in Major League Baseball, and they host... The Cubs over the weekend after the Cubs scored 36 runs in their last two games. Real quickly, that was, a, I feel like, not a hot take maybe, but, you know, pretty strong take. Just saying Max Fried is the best pitcher for the Braves when they have Strider, who has been fantastic, right? Like, yeah. You, you know, have a case for him to be the best pitcher, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, if I was a Braves fan, I would go Freed over Strider because he didn't even have that mustache. Okay, no, it's an important point. I'm glad you made it. Yeah, the mustache. <laughs> the power is in the mustache or it is without the mustache. 704-570-9610. Feel free to text into the text line. It's the Campus Corner. Coming up next, Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on the text line, 704-570-9610. Hit us up on the social media. Hit that follow button. Get all the behind-the-scenes access on the WFNZ Twitter and Instagram at Walker Mail, at HTB underscore Josh, and at West Bryant underscore 72 on those same platforms. Hit that follow button on all of them. And now it is time to go to the campus. Kona. All right. We talked about the ACC preseason poll that dropped coming out of ACC kickoff. And now the all-ACC team has been released. The Clemson Tigers led all schools with seven selections. It's the ninth consecutive year that Clemson has led the league in first-team preseason representatives. They have had 70 first-team selections during that span, 33 offensive players, 34 defensive players, and three specialists, including two place kickers. Florida State was second with four selections. North Carolina and Duke had three apiece. NC State had one. Aiden White, the DB, and Wake Forest, my Demon Deacons, had zero. Drake May was voted preseason player of the year, receiving 88 votes after passing for a boatload of yards and touchdowns last season. Jordan Travis was second. Will Shipley was third. 17 votes. All right. So uh, just looking at those teams, uh, Walker observations, I'll I'll kick it off. It was pretty on par with what I had uh, on my ballot. Uh, The guys I thought that were the biggest snubs in my opinion. I don't know that you could really call them snubs. I was uh, very interested seeing Tez Walker being selected as that, but being Drake May's number one receiver, that's going to come with the territory. But I voted for my uh, preseason All-ACC receivers, Calhoun, who did make it from Duke, Jalen Calhoun, Johnny Wilson, and I voted Donovan Green from Wake Forest, who has a career 18.6 yards per catch. I think this is his year to blow up uh, after being in the shadows with A.T. Perry. And then uh, Leonard Taylor. Junior from Miami was another guy that I thought uh, caught a big snub as well. This was a guy that is an absolute monster. He's pro football focuses uh, number five interior defensive lineman coming into the season. He's the second team uh, all ACC according to Athlon. So this guy was big time last year, 19.5% pressure rate uh, for the Miami Hurricanes. So look out for him. But other than that, though, I mean, I felt like they got it right for the most part. We talked about before and joked about offensive linemen being hard uh, to vote for. And if I would have put him on over somebody talking about Taylor, it would have been Tyler Davis from Clemson. Uh, but other than that, the rest of the team looked pretty up to snuff, in my opinion. All right, so here's my question for you. Do you think, even with your underwhelming takes on Florida State, mm-hmm. that sounded like an attack on you. I no, didn't no. mean that your takes are underwhelming. No. <laughs> You're underwhelmed by Florida State compared to the average voter on this type of thing. Mm-hmm. Florida State does have quite a few guys here that get into the preseason all-ACC team. Jared Verse, he's going to be a stud, no doubt oh, about time. it. Yeah, Trey Benson, Johnny Wilson, Jordan Travis is going to be among the better quarterbacks, top three, certainly top five in this ACC's upcoming season. My question is, still a lot of Clemson names. Did Florida State come around just a year too late? If they were here last year, if they were doing this, if, if you move back their timeline just a year, are we talking about the Seminoles 
winning the ACC championship because of the year, the quote-unquote down year that Clemson had last year? Are we going to be looking at this team that might have come around just a year too late because Clemson was most vulnerable in 2022? Uh, Well, I'll say about Florida State, like I said, I've said it all offseason that they didn't win their most important games on the schedule and they beat up on a lot of patsies to close the year. But uh, they've got a lot of new pieces in there that a lot of people are excited about, whether you're talking about uh, Keon Coleman, a transfer wide receiver, Winston Wright Jr., another transfer wide receiver in the slot. People are really high on Fabian Lovett Sr., a defensive tackle that they got as well. Uh, and and Bra- oh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking about Braden Fisk. A lot of people are excited about him. And Fentrell Cypress that comes over from the University of Virginia. He was one of the best defensive backs in the conference. So uh, a lot's going to come down to the passwords that they can find besides Jeff Verse. But to answer your question, from a talent standpoint, I mean, this does seem to be a pretty talented team on paper. But we've got to see Jordan Travis ball out in the biggest of games on that schedule. Uh, That offensive line continue to progress because the run game's there. But they've got a lot of talent that's going to be infused into this team to see if they can make it. Uh, Do I think that they're the more talented team than Clemson? No, I do not. My question so, is, are they a year late? That's my question. If, um, we're going, if, if you take this no. Florida State team and put them same guys, same age, after what they accomplished, except you just move them back a year, are we going to be looking at this team coming just one season too late because Clemson was most vulnerable in 2020? No, I don't think so because with the additions that they made, uh, this is supposed to be a much better football team. And I also forgot about Jaheim Bell that a lot of people are excited about a tight end. So I would say, no, this is the best team on paper that they've had in quite some time. So Florida State. Uh, yeah, so we're going to find out if they're really like that. We're going to find out. It's going to be fascinating to me because you do have a lot of guys from Florida State and Clemson. North Carolina, you mentioned Tez Walker. That was interesting to me, too, because we're talking about the wide receiver room possibly mm-hmm. not being as good as it was last year because of the loss of Josh Downs. And so I know you said that was the one that you questioned more than some of the other guys that made the list. Well, he's coming off a season, 58 catches, 921 yards, and 11 touchdowns uh, out there playing for Kent State. And he's going to be... Drake May's de facto number one receiver just based off of those type of accolades. He was a first-team all-Mac guy, so you would think that he's going to come in uh, and be able to do some damage. So I could see why people would probably vote him on uh, for the team, but I think Donovan Walker's going to be big time. And to finish up, Will Shipley. Got to get this guy some more love. This is a guy we need to start talking about more here. Uh, Weddington High School, big-time player coming out of high school. He was the first player. He last year was the first player to earn first-team honors at three positions, and he did it again as he was chosen at running back, all-purpose back, and as a specialist. So uh, this guy is a big-time, big-time player. It's hard to make all ACC at one position, let alone three. So kudos to uh, Will Shipley. And, Will, we're definitely going to be giving you your flowers as we get closer and closer to the season. So when we come back, we're going to take it to the Spectrum Center, as the Charlotte Hornets, we will have the press conference with the new ownership here for you live. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.